You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Your Bibles, where we are tonight, Ephesians in chapter 4. And in Ephesians 4, I want to say this. You have this card. I'd like you to consider during the message tonight, getting ready at the invitation, have it filled out, say, here's my name, here's my address, uh, my, my email, and contact me. I can do something. Maybe you don't know what you should do, uh, but you could do something. Maybe you want to put on there what you should do. Last week's message on Sunday night, I introduced to you the subject of the Bible says that we were given gifts, a gift or gifts at salvation. When God saved you, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13, God gifted you. God gifted me. Uh, there are nine gifts we saw last week. I ask you to consider this week, what is your gift? Every Christian needs to know how they're gifted. When God saved you, he gave you eternal life. He placed within you the Holy Spirit, but he also gave you a gift or gifts. No one has all the gifts, but you may have more than one. You may have one gift. You may have multiple gifts. But my question is, have you discovered your gift? And secondly, are you using your gift? You say, I don't know my gift. Well, then you need to get with one of our pastors or a Titus 2 woman or man that's an aged person that can know how to sort of give advice and give direction, or you need to get busy in an open door and watch what God does for you. So we saw the gifts last week and God gifts us with, one gift was ministering, just serving. Some of you in this church, uh, maybe tonight you could say amen once in a while, but, uh, but, but uh, to minister, to serve, that's my gift. You say, that's what I ought to do. I just want to serve. I don't need notoriety. I don't need my name in the bulletin. I don't need my name on a plaque. I don't need to be noticed. I don't need a, a pat on the back. I just want to serve. Perhaps it's the gift of teaching. When you transfer what you know from the Word of God to those that are around you, that's teaching. Maybe it's a boys' class, a girls' class, an adult class, a, 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 a deaf class. Uh, uh, a slow class. I don't know a senior citizen, but uh, maybe it's a rest home. I don't know, but maybe God just gave you that gift of teaching. Well, you better be teaching. And then I see thirdly last week, exhortation, just encouraging people. Are you chief rain cloud that you can pour discouragement on people? Well, there are some people in this church that maybe could do that, but there's many more that have the gift of exhortation. There's the gift of giving. God has blessed you in such a way that he can, he, he can trust you with money. He deposits money for the work of the ministry. I think of the gift of ruling. The Bible says administration and to, to lead things. So that's what I want to do. Well, maybe if that's what you're looking to do, maybe you don't have that gift. Because he that's chief of, chief of all, let him be servant. 
a, a ruler or person that is administrating should be, number one, a servant to the people he, that serve with him. I, I find the gift of helps, just helping people, taking someone to the doctor, taking someone to the hospital, helping someone that cannot mow their lawn right now and they want to mow, they don't want to, then go help them. I wonder how you can help. And then there's the gift of faith, believing God. This church always needs, and we have so many that you must have that gift. You just believe God can. You just believe God can do anything. And I think of the gift of mercy, showing pity. And then there's the gift of being a pastor. You see, I'm not born with the talent of being a pastor. I don't think anybody just is talented to do that. The Bible clearly makes it, it makes it clear that when God saved you, he gifts you, and the pastorate is a gift. I hope to the church, but it's not talented people. God doesn't choose the, 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 the mighty, the wise. He, he, he chooses the weak, the base things of this earth. That's why every preacher preaches different. Some are not as animated as others, but that doesn't mean they're not a man of God. Uh, some, uh, their expertise or God's uh, equipped them for preaching type, and some are preaching, teaching type, but you need preaching. I'm not discounting that, but just some, it's just, it just, it just the way it is. Uh, some are happy and uh, some are serious and some are great with illustrations and some with Bible knowledge and exegeting the word of God. But to be a pastor is more than preaching. You know what preaching is? It's basically 30 minutes Sunday morning, 30 minutes Sunday night, 30 minutes Wednesday night, that's it. That's an hour and a half. You know what the pastor is? Is dealing with people all day long and it can wear you out, it's wonderful. But shepherding those people, loving those people, protecting them, those, those sheep that are in your fold, following up on your sheep, praying for them. We will give ourselves pastors to the word of God and prayer. Now, if you wanna check how hard and difficult prayer is, it is easier to work digging a ditch for eight hours with a shovel than spending some hours in prayer. Prayer wears you out, your energy, your emotions, your spirit, it rings you out when you're into prayer and, and when you're doing what you're supposed to do and, and, and praying on the behalf of your sheep. And so we saw those nine gifts. Last week I also mentioned, by way of introduction, not only does God give gifts, but some of you just have great talents. Use them for God. Others have great abilities. Use them for God. Others see an open door, an open opportunity, and we need someone to do this. I can do that. I want to do that. Others see needs and say, I'm going to be a need maker, a taking care. Others see, I like doing this. I enjoy doing this. It is enjoyable. I want to do it. I can recall in high school, we would, I'd get on my bike and ride over to the Irvington district, and we had on Friday afternoons a neighborhood uh, uh, 
I'm going to call it Neighborhood Bible Time. It wasn't that name. And we put a little man out there and it was cut out of, 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 uh, of plywood and they painted him and you had Neighborhood Bible Clubs. And my pastor's wife particularly taught us how to have a song service with children in that neighborhood. I was just a teenager myself. And they taught us how to tell a Bible story, tell us how to have games and Bible quizzes. And you had Bible Clubs all over. It was a wonderful thing to learn. Uh, you know, that was one of my first opportunities to serve in that type of capacity. When I was about 13 prior to that, they, they put me in the opportunity to go to church every Saturday morning. And, and we would cut the lawns and, and, and Bob Crandall taught us how to, we didn't have electric edgers, how to use an edger and edge the grass and how to rake the grass and how to mow the grass and how to sweep the sidewalk. And then after you sweep it, then you hose it down every Saturday. And he taught me that because he said, you never let people come to church on dirty sidewalks. That was many years ago. Then in 1969, they called me in the office of the college. They said, Jack, we want to send you to Platteville, Wisconsin. There's a church building that's been a church and it needs to be reopened up. Little did I know that my nephew down here, Elisha, he would have grandparents in that church. They're both with the Lord right now. And I remember going on that Sunday and there's the pianist that played college student's wife and a man that preached, a college student, and then there was me. We drove in an old rambler up there, and I, I stayed in the, the attic of a widow woman, and I went on the University of Wisconsin and began to knock on the doors where the Bears used to have their, I don't know if they're still there, the, the, the Chicago Bears would have their preseason there in practice. I'd knock on those doors of those dormitories and try to win, I didn't know how to win any Christ. I, I didn't win anybody to Christ. On well, a Sunday morning, I just happened to find it during COVID. I normally throw a lot of this stuff away, but I found the first cue card that I made up. And that Sunday morning, my knees were just shaking in that little old church building, and the man that was going to preach was here, and his wife was there, and me, three of us on the platform, and four in the auditorium. Scared to death as I led, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. And it was terrible but I was in the ministry. And then they sent me over to Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, and I had a choir. You know, that was 50 now, two years ago. I want to tell you something. A lot of things I've not been in life. I'm, I pray it every week. I'm not the soul winner I should be, the prayer where I should be, the Bible student I should be. I'm not all that I should be, and I work at it every day of my life. But one thing I know I have done with my life 24-7, it seems like, and of course it's not 20, but every day of my life for 50-some years is serving God. I love it. I'm trying to hang on to every day I can. When I wake up in the morning, I thank God that I have another day to live, and I say, God, I offer myself to you. And whatever it is today, if I live or if I die or if there's a rapture, God, I want to be living for you when you come. I want to be living for you if I have a heart attack today. I, I, I felt me with the Holy Spirit of God and may my life be useful for you today. I want to serve God. I want to do something for God. I'm not trying to get out. I want to keep in and stay in. And tonight, I am coming to you on behalf of Ephesians chapter 4. And the Bible says in 
Verse number 16, that, uh, verse 11, he gave some pastors and teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. Perfecting is just simply the maturing. How sad it is to see a, a child, as a, a young child, go through, if they'd go through elementary and junior high and high school and college, and they never grew. And they still in college would have baby teeth. And they still in college be uh, sucking on a bottle, but they never grew. My job, like a parent's job with the pastors here, is to get you equipped for, here it is, for the perfecting of the saints. And now read it with me, verse 12, with, beginning with the word four. Ready, begin. For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body. And last week we saw that there's hands and there's feet and there's ears and there's eyes in the body today. Some have, have ministries that are well seen and well open and you see the eye, you see the hands, but you don't see the feet. But those feet are just as important as the hand. And tonight, every Christian needs to serve God. You dear young couples, oh, you, your lives are so busy right now. You have a marriage to service. You have children. Please take time for those children every day. Pray with them. Play with them. Precept them. Learn to enjoy their fellowship. And don't let that go by. So I can't, I can't spend time with you. I've got to be in the ministry. Don't sacrifice your kids. But everybody needs something. Maybe as we get our buses going. And many men have done this. They, they run the bus on a Sunday morning. And then they might, on the way home, take their little children. Mother goes home and gets lunch and they get to go with dad on the bus and take the bus kids home. That's probably a good thing to do, dad. And get them accustomed to something like that. My job's to get you ready for the ministry. I'd like you to turn, but I'm not going to have you turn right now. I, I have in my mind here Ezra in chapter 2. They're at the point where the remnant is returning. And Ezra says we've got to rebuild the, the temple. And so the Jews began to come back. But isn't it amazing as they come back and he stands before those remnant Jews, he says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to rebuild this temple. We're going to lay the foundation. And then he begins to say, I need all you priests, all you religious people involved. Then I need the Levites. What were the Levites? They were the ones that carried the boards and the, the, the uh, rods and the doors and all the equipment of the tabernacle. They just carried that. And then they assembled. They were the workers. And then God said uh, through Ezra, I want the Nethanims to come. I love the Nethanims. The Nethanims in the Bible were those that assisted the Levites. Wait a minute. The Levites were the laborers. But the laborers had to have people help them. I, I wonder what this church would be like if it was just up to me to be here. I have not driven a bus in this church in 44 years. Oh, when I came, I drove the bus. 
And when I came just within weeks, I took the teenagers and a 1956 GMC bus to the snow. And I drove them up there to the snow. Yes, I drove the bus. But you know, in 44 years, the 1.5 million riders that have come to the house of God, to this church, I've never driven a bus one time. You know who's done that? Some Nethanums. And he said, I need the priest involved. <clears throat> I need the Levites involved. I need the Nethanums involved. I need the porters involved. He said, I want you to know this. I need the servants. He calls them by name. He said, I need the servants, verse 55, chapter 2. And then he said, I need the givers, those that can give money. And then he summarizes. He says, I need singers. And I need, he goes, you know, we all do something. We're going to get this thing done. Amen. We find if we'd go to, and we'll go there for the sake of time, Second Chronicles 24, they're rebuilding the temple again. And we're told that they said, here, here are all the money people. You give the money. And then he lists, here's the carpenters. Here's the masons. Here's the artifacts. Here's the iron workers. All you people that know how to work with iron, you work with iron. Here, I need all you brass workers to work with the brass. I need you stone masons to come. And all you that work with stone, you work here. But you know what the result was? They had a temple that got finished and built. Do you know that God always gives people to get the job done? I think about how that, when they got that done and all the building, then he said, I need singers, and I need men singers, and I need women singers, and I need instruments, and I need trumpets, and I need all of you to do what you're supposed to do. I just marvel had all the trumpets down here, had all the brass over here, all the woodwinds here, and all the stringed instruments, and I was listening to them. It's amazing, you know, it's an amazing church when, when, when you have some soloist singing, and all of a sudden, they come in, or they come in, or they come in, or they all come and start playing. And that's an amazing thing, the talent, the ability. But our church would really miss them if they weren't here. We'd miss not having a choir. And tonight I want you to know that there's something for you to do and there's something for me to do. Take your Bibles and go to Nehemiah chapter 3. And as you turn to Nehemiah chapter 3, and I'll get there as well. And before we leave tonight, I want you to know that in Nehemiah 3, they're building the wall. You see it there. And Eliashib and the high, the high priest rose up with his brethren, the priest, and they built the sheep gate. Brother Bertram, isn't that amazing? You ought to develop a message on that. The, the, the religious leaders, they got the sheep gate. They had to protect the sheep. And that's your area to work. And he said, I want you all to get involved. But look what the Bible says in verse two. And next to him, next to him, the men of Jericho, and next to them, built Zachar, the son of Imri, but the fish gate, and next to him, look at verse four, next to them repaired. And the same verse, and next to them and latter part of that verse, and next to him. And verse five, and next to them. And then the old gate, verse six, and verse seven, and next to them. 
And verse eight, next to them in the word repair, you'll see this repaired word in this chapter alone, 35 times. They all had something to do. My job to repair the fish gate. My job to repair the sheep gate. My job is to, is to repair the water gate. My job is to prepare the dung gate. My job and next to him and next, 15 times you find next to him. 35 times in this chapter, it's always about repairing. And it's an amazing thing, 11 times you'll find next to his house. Next to his house. Every man that began to work and every person that began to work said, my interest is where my home is. I'm burdened for my family to have safety. I'm burdened for my family to have something. You know, and here in this chapter, they all repaired, they all work. Look at verse number 10, next to them repaired Jediah and next to him repaired and verse number 11 and next to him repaired and verse 12 and next to them repaired. And then the valley gate was repaired in verse 13. And the dung, dung gate in verse 14. And the, pardon me, the fountain gate in verse number 15. And after him repaired Nehemiah. And, and then and the, the house of the mighty in verse 17 next to, and to him repaired the Levites. And next to him, and verse 18, and him repaired. And next to him, 19. You get the idea they all were involved in this. In our hymn book, we have great songs. How about this song, We'll Work Till Jesus Comes? How about Work for the Night Cometh When Man Can Work No More? How about the song, The Longer I Serve Him, The Sweeter It Grows? You know, one of the great tragedies tonight in the last 20 years, 20 years ago in every state, 20 years ago on 9-11 in almost every major area, Sunday school buses could be found running all over those streets. I asked my men this past week, I said, do you know of another church? And they came up with the church it's not a Baptist, but maybe there's another Baptist, I don't know of one, that's running a bus. Two million people, nine million people in the Bay Area. Do you know that's nationwide? Almost, almost every church in America, not all, but the vast majority have stopped the buses. And here's what preachers have said to me. Brother Trevor, I love the Lord. I have people that love him. I know you do. But I said, I can't get drivers. I, it's all the time. I can't get a driver. I, I can't get a bus captain. I can't get a mechanic. I'm talking about all over America. When I became the bus director in 1971 for the great Marian Baptist Church, we had four buses running less than 70 people on those four buses. And God just blessed it, it was a moment. It was just a moment before the year was up. We had 13 buses and running 300 and 400. I have all the records in my office. It was just an unusual moment. 
We had five good churches in that city of 140,000. Every one of our churches ran buses. I think of the church my wife's grandfather on the other side of town at one time pastored Kishwaukee Baptist Church. They run about 10 or 12 or 13 buses. And Windsor ran buses. And First Baptist ran buses. And Berean Baptist ran buses. And North Love ran buses. And uh, there's another one. I think there are six churches, come to think of it. And I'm not faulting the churches. But God bless them in many cases. There might be great men of God. I don't even know the pastors there now. Might be men of God. But I do know that many of them are trying to just get some labors and you don't find buses in Rockford other than one, or one church or more. They don't run them. Something's wrong. I cannot tell you how many pastors have said, you know, Brother Treber, in the last, oh, five to seven years, we had a choir of 40. And now if we can get 12 or 13 people, that's the best we can do. Churches that had choirs of 15 and 20, I've had it told me so many times, we, we, we don't have anybody to sing. We don't have a choir anymore. I, I find some pastors said they don't want to do the practice thing. Or they just are too busy. You know, there, there are people in churches that can play an instrument that will not play a trumpet. Do you know that less people are serving God in the local church today than ever before? And so much the more as we see the day approaching, we've got to stay at this thing. I know it because I hear it when we're leaving the church, Pastor, because, you know, it just there's so much pressure around here. I don't want to put pressure on you, but I want to put burden on you. We've got a world that's on the, on the verge of dying and going to hell. We've had over 600,000 people, they tell us, die of COVID in, in America. We have people on the verge of dying. We have people that, that have every imaginable disease imaginable in this country. We have heart attacks and strokes. We have car accidents. But people need to be reached in the last moments. Yes, pressure, you call it pressure, I call it burden. Because there's such a thing as that we need choirs and we need special music and we need sound men and we need live stream people and we need people to put a backpack on and blow the parking lots. We need people to wash the vehicles. We need people to turn the wrenches on the vehicles. We need nursery workers, amen, amen. We need parking lot attendants. We need security workers. We need ushers. We need people that say, I'm gonna fund the ministry. There's something for, me to do, I become a prayer warrior. Next to him, it's an amazing thing how when they all got working, well, the Bible says in chapter six, they had a mind to work. I think of our hymn book tonight. I used to sing it every day. I don't know why I don't sing it like I used to. It's still my prayer journal. That song, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my voice and let it sing beautiful messages and speak beautiful messages for thee. Take my feet, direct my feet. Can you say, Lord, take? Take me any, anywhere with Jesus. I, I want to go serve you. I think of that song that 
in the 70s became so famous, maybe the 60s, to be used of God. Don't you want to be used? I know that other people can and should, and they know God's will. I know I could have retired years ago. And maybe I don't know. I want to go there, but I got no. I don't want to retire. I want to serve God. I'm very careful to tell people's age, but Brother Nikolai is told, here's an 83-year-old man serving the Lord in a college and playing harmonica. 82, sorry. <laughs> With a 52-year-old wife in a wheelchair. But gently, if the doors are open, they're both here. What, what can you do? COVID shut our buses down for all these months. Our buses, the last Sunday had, we were way down on this Sunday, 339 in the B division, and that says 370-something or 379 or whatever it is. 700, 800 a week, bus people, mothers and dads. Isaiah, that usher tonight, I saw you. You were a bus Writer, as an adult, how many years ago? Ten? I think you're off by about ten, but about ten. You raised your girls. There's a single dad on those buses. They're adults, young ladies now. Hey, dads come on the buses, and mothers come on the buses, and teenagers come on the buses, Brother Evan, and, and children come on the buses. And that man that phoned in on the radio on Friday's broadcast, a preacher, Brother Brian Corner, who was an assistant pastor here, he married a girl out of this ministry, and his wife was a bus kid so many years ago, and now for years she's been a, a, a pastor's wife. And I think of the man playing the trumpet, and his brother-in-law came and his wife came on the bus, I think when she was four, and his brother-in-law has been a pastor for decades now through the bus ministry. I was preaching in New Jersey and a lady came up to me, considerably younger than me, a few years back, and she said, Brother Trevor, my, my kids are just growing up now. I'm a widow, but I came to your church and got saved on the buses and that church made a difference, and I'm part of this independent fundamental Baptist church in New Jersey. Everywhere I go, I used to preach on the road, there would be someone, I was a bus kid. Every week, it's gonna happen this week, I'll pass a gospel track, and as I pass a gospel track, they'll say, bus 21, bus 27, bus 23, bus three, bus four, every week, every week, every week, and sometimes many times a week, and they'll tell me, I rode the bus, I got saved. I don't say this to be humorous, and Brother Manuel Reyes, you'll know that this is true. He, he, he's the chaplain and the preacher at Juvenile Hall, and he'll walk in there to preach as they're COVID, they're not allowing us in. But, but, but he'll walk in there to preach these kids, and they love it, and they'll say, and they'll say, 
I, I, and I know I'm not happy about this. I rode bus and they'll give the bus number. And Brother Manuel, wherever you went, I, I know you're right here, right back there. Many times you'll have multiple kids in a service and say, I rode the bus. I rode North Valley. I went there and got saved. I was baptized. I passed a track here just recently and the man was a, a manager of a, a company. He said, you know what? I came on bus number 11A and I rode the bus and I got saved and pastor, the old building, he said, you baptized me. I remember going up those steps. He gave me the whole thing. And he said, I remember you baptized me. He said, little did I know it, I was on bus 11A and there was a girl on bus 11B. I never met her, but that girl's now my wife. We have four kids. I want you to know today, there's so much to do. A lady came in our church years ago. She was, I was 25, maybe at the age at that time. I was her pastor. And she probably was about 65. And she said to me, Pastor, this church is not right with God. And I was very respectful to her. I remember her talking. I'm certain she's home with the Lord for multiple decades now. And I called her by her name. I can remember exactly what it was. And her husband was just a sweet fella. And, and, and she said to me, our church, you ask for workers and they're, they're people. I said, no, wait a minute. I said, they're, they're, they're running buses. They're teaching classes. They're mowing the lawns. They, they're passing tracks. And she goes, yes, but there's so much, many more needs. I said, there are. But I said, the problem, only God did it. And I said, he, he, he led me to say, you know what the problem is? The labors are few. And if Jesus said that, they're always going to be few. That's why he says, pray. And she said, you know what, young man? You're right. We'll never have enough, will we? And I said, no, we won't. We're out of time. I think of that song, to the work, to the work, or give of your best to the master. Or hear ye the master's call, give my best. It's been months I've tried not to talk about my dad. I talked about him this morning. I don't want to wear it out. My dad would sing once in a while in the solo in this church. He sang in the choir. It's a very sad day when I talked to him. He said, son, I, I couldn't get up to the choir. And I can't go to the choir anymore. I don't want to be in the choir, but I just can't get up there. But my dad sang, and I, I always forget, it was either this song or this song. I think it was this one. But it may have been this one. By and by, when I look on his face, I wish you knew my dad, you knew people. He was such a sweet, godly, everybody loved my dad. By and by, when I look on his face, his beautiful face, that thorn-shadowed face, by and by, when I look on his face, I wish I'd given him more, more, so much more, more of my life than I've ever given before. But I think it really was this song. I know he had sung that song. The service of Jesus, true pleasure afford, and him there's joy without alloy. Tis heaven to trust him and rest on his word. It pays to serve Jesus each day. I know he's saying this in church. I think it was his last one. It pays 
to serve Jesus. It pays every day. It pays every step of the way. Though the pathway to glory may sometimes seem drear, you'll be happy each step of the way. It was sad when I saw them had to move into the nursing home to have 24-hour daycare. And then it was sad when they could no longer go to church. Those days were very hard. They tried to set it up where they could listen to our service, and then that was a difficult thing. I'm glad we had parents that served God a lifetime. I want to serve God with all my heart, all my life. I want that for you. I don't know what this week holds, but almost every day it just breaks my heart and derailment and disappointment and sadness. But there's no disappointment in Jesus. And though earthly friends may sometimes prove untrue and doubts and fears assail, Jesus never fails. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.